want to talk about audacious faith. You've got, you've got, to, you've got to have audacious faith, and uh, and I, I just couldn't, I just, just couldn't conclude without uh, including this because anybody that has done anything significant had audacious faith. They, they were willing to step out of the boat and walk on the water. They were willing to take five stones and go after a giant. They were willing to, you know, they were willing to do things and stand up in the, in the midst of a culture and say, no, I'm not going to bow a knee to any idol. I'm going to serve Jesus even if it costs me, even if it costs me my life. And that's audacious to me. And so I want to talk this morning about having audacious faith and what it looks like. And uh, during this series, we've had some foundational scriptures that we've had, and I want to give them to you this morning and and talk about that so that we uh, maybe just kind of, for those that haven't been with us and tracking with us, uh, just have some some, uh, foundation of where we're, what we're... uh, uh, been talking from the the foundation we've been talking from, and so let me just give uh, a couple of scriptures here to you. Mark eleven verse twenty two, uh, and this is Jesus. He was speaking, and he said, he said to them, "Have faith in God." And we've discovered throughout this process that it literally means to have the faith of God. And, and of course, we 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 know Scripture will always back up. Uh, what uh, what we say, and, and Jesus said he's the author and the finisher of our faith. So true biblical faith comes from Jesus. And, and then Jesus says, if it comes from me, I want you to operate in it. I don't want you to just have it. Uh, faith is not good without works. The Bible says it's dead. We talked about that in one of the series. So it's not having it and just... Uh, and, 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 and a lot of people are there. They just have it, but they're not doing anything with it. And it doesn't produce any life in your life. And so you've got to have faith, and then you've got to operate in it. But uh, So we, we've talked about that. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So, so we're to have faith. We're to walk by faith. And, and you can see that this is a journey. That this is not something that we do periodically, that it's a step-by-step process in our life. Let me, let me say this, because I think some people, and, they, and we talked about this last week, but I think some people give up on their faith, and, and we got, there's just some things you've got to walk out. And, and you've got to walk it out. And, and I say this all the time, and, and, and Pastor Bobby says this all the time, that, that God leads in, in steps and not in leaps. And so we're to walk this out in steps. God says that he, the steps of the righteous man are led of the Lord. Well, how's he going to lead us? He's going to lead us in faith. One step at a time, walking it out here on this earth. And, and then there's another scripture I want to give you. In Romans 1.17, it says, And the just shall live by faith. So we're to have it, we're to walk by it, and then it's, it's to become a lifestyle. That this is how we live. We don't live any other way. We don't live according to uh, our circumstances, our situations, our fears, our inadequacies, our, all those different things. I'm going to actually uh, kind of hit and miss on those, talking about those today. We don't walk by those things. We don't walk by the flesh. We walk, we walk by faith here on this earth. And if we do that, then we will experience what God wants us to experience. So, 
All that being said, God wants, I, know, I believe this for everyone, that God wants us to do great things for him. And, and it's not going to happen immediately. Uh, most, most of the time, it's, it's a walk. And, and, it, and it's not something that you hit and miss, and it's not something that you try. This becomes a lifestyle. That you're committed to this. This is what you do. This is who you are. I'm living this out. And whether, and of course, we read a moment ago, we walk by faith and not by, we're not looking at, we're not governed by what we see. It doesn't matter if we see things. We believe the word of God. We live by the word of God. And that's just who we are. And, and so that we can go out and do some great things for God. Amen. As a church, I need you doing that. As a church body, that we all are walking by faith so that we're, we're positioning ourselves corporately for great things. Amen. It's not just my faith. It's not just the leadership's faith. It's not just our dream team's faith. It's not just our small group leader's faith. It's all of us working together, walking out by faith what God wants us to walk out. One step at a time. I learned this a long time ago. It's not the big things that cause us to succeed. It's usually the small things each and every day. It's the small things that we do routinely every day, every day, that causes a big impact. It's not, it's not the... It, see, seeds grow into harvest. And if you'll keep sowing those seeds of faith, you'll, you'll see a harvest of what God wants taking place in and through your life. Amen? And so that, that's awesome. All right, so here we are. I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, I'll use this from the launching pad for today's message on having audacious faith. Hebrews chapter 10, it says this. So don't lose your bold, courageous faith. I, I like, the, I like the, uh, this, this translation uh, and how it brings it out, the, pra- uh, the passion translation. It says, don't lose your bold, courageous, or we could say audacious faith. And, you know, one of the things that took place, and we'll come back to the scripture, one of the things that took place whenever Joshua took over the leadership of after Moses' passing, over and over, God spoke to Joshua and he says, be of good courage, be courageous, be of good courage, be courageous. And what he was telling him is be audacious. Be audacious with your faith. Don't be like the last generation that wandered in the wilderness. Do you know that 87% of people statistically will wander in the wilderness and never enter into the purpose and the promises of God that God has for them? And, 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 so, and, and the reason is, is they don't have audacious faith. They're just not courageous. And so the, the Passion Translation says, so don't lose your bold, courageous faith for you are destined for a great reward. I like that. We're destined. I, I think in God's mind's eye, he, he has great things for us, but we, we don't reach out there and, and grab it with our faith and live it out with our faith and walk it out with our faith. It says you need the strength of endur- endurance to reveal the po- poetry of God's will, and then you will receive the promise in full. For soon and very soon... The one who is appearing will come without delay. And he also says, my righteous ones will live from my faith. But if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them. And so fear, circumstances, situations can hold us back. 
And so what I want to do is I want to talk about audacious faith, faith today. And I want to, I, and when I was thinking about, and I named off a number of different characters in the Bible, historically, that lived, that had audacious faith, but the one that I really felt that I needed to settle on was Gideon. That Gideon had a, he had an audacious faith. Uh, you know, the, the Israelites were being tormented, they were being uh, stolen from, and Gideon was in a place when an angel appeared to him where he was he was uh, threshing wheat, he was hiding, he was doing it, and, and you know, trying to keep uh, keep uh, from being seen. And and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and began to speak to him. And wh- what I want to do is I want to take that that story and uh, and begin to uh, look at audacious faith and what we need. And maybe we can pull out some truths that we can apply to our life so that we make sure that we're positioned to walk in the faith that God wants us to walk in. And and let let me tell you what happens with many, many people. They look at the Bible and they see see these characters in the Bible, but they they don't position themselves or they they don't see themselves as being somebody that God wants to do something through. That, that's good. I see that. I understand that. I believe that it probably did happen, and it did, by the way. But how's that apply to me in my everyday life? Well, it happens one step at a time. It happens by believing it and acting on it. It happens when you start declaring it over your life that your words will determine your uh, destiny in your life. And so we've got we've to believe this in our life. And so I'm going to start with Judges chapter 6. This angel appeared to, um, appeared to, to Gideon, and he said this, The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The first thing that he said is that you're mighty. And, and here Gideon was, he was acting in fear. He, and you'll, we'll go on and read a little later that, he didn't think much of himself. He didn't think much of his family. But yet, the angel of the Lord called him mighty man of valor. You, you, you've got something in you that you don't see at this point, but you're mighty. And so the first thing that I want to say in how to have audacious faith faith is don't be average and your life won't be average. We, can, we can't just be average. And when I say be we need to be who God called us to be. So if God called him to be a mighty man of valor, then who does he need to be? A mighty man of valor. And if he is a mighty man of valor, just guess what's going to happen? Then he's going to begin to do what mighty men of valor do. And he's going to accomplish what mighty men of valor accomplishes. And if you know the story about Gideon, uh, he called him, he had 22,000... Uh, 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 people in his army and God, you know, at a process of elimination, got it down to 300 to, to go in and, and, and overcome the army of the Midianites. And, uh, and, right, Midianites? I have to read my Bible. You read your Bible? <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and overcame them with just 300 people. 300 people. Not Mennonites. 
I was right. So, here's the point. Is that many people have more in them than they realize. Many people have the ability to do and accomplish something great and not even realize that they have that ability to do it. Because they, they, they see themselves uh, differently than how God sees themselves. Most people are so insecure, and all of us, I don't care who you are, all of us struggle with insecurity. And, uh, and, and we've got to overcome that. And how we overcome insecurity is by the word. We, we've got to get the word in us so that we see who we are according to how he sees us, not what we see in the flesh. Most people are looking in the flesh, and what you see in the flesh is you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of uh, inadequacies. You're seeing a lot of things that will cause you to be insecure. And then you'll go back into your history, and then you have a history lesson of your life, and you see your failures, you see all the different things that's you know, taking place in your life and have taken place in your life. And then you begin to size that up with what God's calling you to do. And you think there's no way I'm not. And, and, and we begin to respond in insecurity instead of in faith because we don't see ourselves as he sees us. And so the point being here is that you can't, you, you don't be average and your life won't be average. You got to start seeing yourself as who God sees you to be. Isn't that true? Now, God sees you and I as being a a, a person of greatness. No matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, no matter what's gone on in our life, God God sees us as people of greatness. Uh, Psalm 71.21, I I did put that up. It says, and you, you shall increase my greatness. And comfort me on every side. He can't increase greatness if greatness is not already in you. And so we need to discover, we need to discover the greatness. I've used this illustration in the past. I want to use it this morning. Is that when God created the heavens and the earth, when he created this earth, everything that we're enjoying today, the lights, the seats, the cars, the jets, the, you know, everything that we enjoy today was here in creation. It was here. It was in seed form, but it was here. What we have to do and what we had to do and what we still have to do is we've got to discover, we have to discover it, then develop it, then we get to do it. See, you will not ever do anything great in your life if you won't be great. You got to start seeing yourself as being great now because he's created you a, as a person of greatness and he wants to increase that greatness in you. Yes. And I'm here to tell you there's far too many people that quit too soon, Amen. too early in life because they don't see themselves as being great. Just quickly, I want to, and, and many of you maybe have seen this little clip and it's actually a few minutes long, but I just, I just wanted to play a clip for you that uh, that I think illustrates this well, that you have more in you if you just push forward, if you will just, you just be pushing forward. And so let's play that, let's play that, Richard. Oh, man, oh, man. Oh, man. it's not even funny, dude. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a lost Brock? 
Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The <laughs> 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I don't want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm, he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. It burns. And let it burn. It's burning. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Don't quit. No. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Brock Kelly, you don't quit. Keep going. Keep going. Go, Brock Kelly. You don't quit on me. No, you keep going! You keep going! Go, Brock! Ten more steps! Ten more! Ten more! Ten more! Keep going! Don't quit! Give me your heart! You can! You can! Five more! Five more! Come on, Brock! Come on! Don't quit! Don't quit! Come on, Brock! Two more! One more! Oh. 
Influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140 pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach, can I count on you? Yes. Coach? What is it, Jeremy? I weigh 160. doesn't have a faith message. Notice he blindfolded him. The thought came to me, when we walk by faith and not by sight, we can go so far, so much further than when we can see or we're limited, limited to what we can see with our eyesight. And, uh, and so we, we have the ability to do great things within us. I believe it with all my heart. And so uh, don't, don't be average. You weren't called to be average. As a believer, as a, as a child of God, no matter where you are, what you've, what's gone on in your life, he's called you to, to do great things with your life. Amen? Second thing that I want to share with you today is this, is that, uh, let's throw it up there, would you? Second thing is that don't put limits on your life. Thank you. I don't know what I did with it. Uh, don't put limits on your life. Uh, let's, I, I think I, when I put, when I put this, I thought, I thought, don't put limits on your life. And then, and then I, I, I thought about a number of different scriptures, but before I go to them, I want to, I want to take you back to, to Gideon's life. I, the, one of the first things that he started to do was to limit himself. And he, he started to put limits on his life, and therefore he almost missed it. He almost missed what God wanted to do in his life. And so let me read it to you in uh, uh, Judges chapter 6, verse 13. And then Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? He started looking at his history, looking at his past, and then he went on. And uh, where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has, has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And so he began to look at what he could see with his natural eyes and put a limitation on God because of his history. And, and so often, so many times, people do that. And, uh, and, and many times we don't experience miracles in our life because all we're living is an average life. We're never, we're never even going beyond what we can do on our own. And, and, and we'll never know what God wants us to do until we get out, out of the boat and begin to walk on the water. 
until we get out and do something with our life that I, I believe that God wants to do through our lives. And so we've, we've got to be willing to believe God and not put limits on God. And so the scripture that came to me was this, is in Psalm seventy-eight forty-one. it says, and again and again, they limited God, preventing him from blessing them. And then it's, it says, continually, they turned their back on him and provoked the Holy One of Israel. And so it said that they, they limited God. How do we limit ourselves? When we limit God in us. When we limit God working through us. And I think one of the biggest ways that that happens is through fear. I think that we are, too many people are governed by and led by fear. And they allow fear to govern their life. It's, it's pretty cool that we sung that, that song today. And, and, and so that, uh, sing it, Lynn, sing it out, man. Come on. Isn't that cool? And, and we, we, are, we don't need to be slave to fear any, any longer. Amen? And so when we, when we kill fear, then, then and when we, and we're all going to experience fear. Fear is going to come, but we don't need to give in to it. But when we kill it, when we stop it and we say, no, we're not going to give in to that. We're going to respond in faith. We're going to live by faith. Regardless of what we see, regardless of what's happened in our past, this is what we're going to pay attention to. This is how we're going to live. The word says it. That settles it. Therefore, that's how I'm going to walk. That's how I'm going to live. When we live that away, then we put a, we put the fear, we put fear to death in our life. We kill fear. Now, on the opposite, when we give when we give uh, voice and we give uh, life to fear, it kills our potential. It kills the potential of God. Then it puts limits on our life. And I think, let's all be honest. Everyone in this room has given in to fear at some point in their life. And we, we allow fear to have voice in our life. And that voice is many times louder than, than our faith. And what we hear is the fear instead of what God says through his word, and therefore our faith is not active in our life. Amen? And so let's put, it, let's put it to death. Let me give you one more thought, and it's this. is We need to pursue purpose, and big dreams will follow. Let's pursue purpose, and big dreams will follow. That's what happened with Gideon. Uh, the angel of the Lord began to talk to him and tell him about the purpose behind his visitation to him, he said, "This is what I want you to see. I need you to understand that." And and as as he began to pursue purpose, then then guess what? Big dreams followed. So let me give it to you. Judges chapter six, verse fourteen through sixteen. Then the Lord turned to him and said, "Go in the might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites." Purpose. If you'll go, if you'll obey, if you'll do. You're going to save some people. That's the purpose. And it goes on to say, have I not sent you? So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan, my family is the weakest, weakest of the, uh, Mas- how do you say it? Manasseh. Manasseh. Brain freeze. And I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat defeat the Midianites as one man. If you'll just do it, then guess what? Big dreams are going to follow. If you'll follow the purpose. For us as a church, really honestly for every Christian, our purpose is not 
what we do. It's not what we set our hands to. Our purpose is this. It's people. Our purpose is always reaching people, reaching those that don't know Christ, those that do, those that are found, those that are lost, we need to reach them. Once they're found, then we need to help people to be everything that God wants them to be, help them get free from whatever it is that's binding them and keeping them and holding them back. We need to make sure that we're helping people to discover their purpose, and ultimately, we need to raise up disciples, where we're helping people to make a life-giving difference in the lives of others. You know in scripture that the word Christian is only mentioned like three times. And the word disciple is mentioned umpteen times. And there's a difference between being a Christian and being a disciple. And honestly, we, we need to move from just being a Christian into a place of, of, of being a disciple. A disciple to me is somebody that's making a life-giving difference with their life. And that's what we do, and that's how we, with our growth track, if you're not familiar with it, that's why we have our growth track. We, we want to help people move from, from just being a Christian, from just, you know, just taking up space on, on this earth to really literally doing something audacious with their life and doing something great with their life. And, and honestly, it's a team effort. We help people doing, do this corporately, together. That was how I was reached. I was reached that way. Let me tell you what holds us back. Many times we feel inferior. We don't see ourselves as having anything uh, significant to offer to the whole plan of God. How can I do something great? Man, I was one of those people. I was, I was brought up in, in, in a very, very dysfunctional home very poor home, dysfunctional, and, and just, just uh, it, it, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have a very big uh, uh, view of my own life whenever I came to the Lord. It took some time. Now I believe we can do anything for God. Amen. And it, it, it took some time. So you're not going to get there overnight, but you're going to have to change the way that you think. You can't just keep thinking the way that you think and get different results. You've got to renew your mind and, 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 and renew your mind to who God sees you and how he sees you and how, what he wants you to do with your life. But let me tell you where it's all centered around. It's all centered around the purpose of God. And that's, doing, that's reaching people, impacting people's lives. It's not about us. It's about God and others. Amen. If we'll just use our life. God, I'm going I'm to submit to you. I'm going to use my life to make a difference. You know, somebody reached me that way. I was an alcoholic. My life was in, in, in disarray. It was, it was falling apart. It, it, I mean, I, I could sit here and I could talk about it. I was, I was doing drugs, I was doing coke. I was, you know, just my life. Some of you have heard that story over and over. But you need to understand, I, 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 honestly, I'm not even painting a, a, a good picture of how, where my life was. And it tried to carry over into who I was after I invited Christ in my life. And I had to change my thinking. And one of the ways that, that I had to change my thinking is that I, I, I had to quit looking. I had to quit looking at me as being uh, the, the focus of my life. 
And God changed me. He changed me whenever I took the focus off of me and I started putting my focus on the purpose and that's people. It's like, I'm going to reach people. I'm going to help people that need Jesus Christ, that are hungry, that want, that want, that want God. And those that don't, we're going, to still, we're going to pray for them. We're going to reach them. Every day I'm up, I'm praying, I'm seeking God. I'm seeking God on the behalf of those that don't even know God. Every day of my life. And as a result, I got a big vision. A big vision for us as a church, a big vision for you. And honestly, God wants us all to get united behind it. And that's going to happen when we start operating in faith. We, we need to be audacious. And, and Gideon, he says, who am I? Look at me. I'm inadequate. My family's inadequate. Oh, so what? Everybody's family's inadequate. There is not. I don't care what kind of family life you came from. If it was the... Uh, the best that you know, there were still some inadequacies. There was still a lot of dysfunction in your life. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all fallen short of God's glory. Right? And God's trying to work something powerful. Please help me to get... Help me right now by, by, by just tapping in. Just, I just believe that there's something that God wants to deposit in every one of us today. That he wants us to be audacious. He doesn't want us just to walk casually through this earth and, and just, just be in the flow of what this earth is doing. He wants us to get in and believe him for big things, great things. He really does. And, and and it's a faith walk, and it's hard to walk in faith when you're you're experiencing things in the in in the natural. When you're experiencing some things, and we all get attacked. This week I got attacked. Here I am preaching on faith, and I I never get sick. And this week, boy, I got attacked where my nose started running, and it's like in the name. I mean, I was having to blow it every other second, and every time I'd blow it, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I command this body to align itself with the word of God. I am the redeemed, and therefore it's, the Bible says that let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm saying this all day long, and I, I'm, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. I'm, the, I'm redeemed, and so I'm speaking the word. Body, in the name of Jesus, you align yourself with God's word. Every time I blew my nose, you align yourself. I am not going to receive this. I'm not going to tolerate it. I, I'm not denying it. The Bible says to call those things that be not as though they were. It didn't say call those things that are as though they were not. So I was calling those things that be not as though they were in my life. And I was declaring the health and the wholeness of God. And guess what? It did not stay. It could not stay. It will not stay. And I'm just going to be audacious, especially with the small stuff. Because if you're not being audacious with the small stuff, believing God for the small things, then how are you going to believe God for something big? And so we need to use our faith. Be audacious to say, no, I'm stopping. No, I am not going to tolerate this in my life. I am not going to allow this in my life. Uh, and you use the word. I, t- I tell you all all the time. I tell my wife all the time. If you work the word, the word will work. You've got to work God's word. It works for you. 
And no, I'm not mad. I just get, I'm just passionate about this. Passionate. It's raining down. Amen. God wants us to work his word. And so, understand this. That even though you may feel inadequate, even though that you may feel inferior, don't look at those things. Know that there's greatness in you. Know that uh, if you'll not limit God, God will come through. And know this, if you will pursue purpose, if you will pursue people, I, I did ministry for, for several years with the wrong perspective until God got hold of me. And he says, don't do ministry because you can teach. Don't do ministry because, because you got a gift and, and that gift needs to be expressed. You do ministry because you love me and because you love people. It's all about God and others. It's not about, it's not about me. It's about who we can impact with our lives. So let me, let me close with this scripture in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 through 25. It says, and, and, and I thought about where, how, how can I put this in perspective? How can I put this in perspective? This is the Apostle Paul, and, uh, and he had a struggle in life. And, and I, I help, I, I'm working with people all, all through the week, every week, uh, with a variety of different struggles and and I, I, I try to help them through that. And one of the things that I, I'm constantly saying is that uh, is getting their attention off of themselves and putting it on their purpose. And if you put it on your purpose, then guess what's going to happen? As we discovered earlier, then, you know, big things are going to follow. Big dreams will follow. So don't make it about you. And it's not even about the big dreams. It's about how can we make an impact in people. So when I'm walking through, I'm walking with people and I'm walking them through stuff, one of the constant things that I'm talking about and one of the constant things that I'm, I'm trying to uh, help them to get a perspective on is that they, they cannot be looking at themselves because if you're looking at yourselves all the time, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna become selfish. And, and I, one of the best things that I could do is help you to to. to uh, give your life away. And the Bible says, he who refreshes others himself will be refreshed. And, and, and here's another thing that I'm constantly saying. This life is so short. Don't hold it so tightly. I don't care if you live to be 120 years old. As you know, that's moving pretty fast. And it's just short. And th- this is just the beginning. This is just the starting point in e- eternity. We're just getting started. And, and when you look at life with that perspective, we can be audacious with our faith. So Paul had that struggle. He wanted to, he wanted to continue on in, in, and move out of this life into another life. But he says, oh, I got to... I gotta fulfill my purpose. My 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 purpose is not through here on this earth. He says, my 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 race is not over. And so let me read it to you. Philippians chapter one, verse twenty-one through twenty-five. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. Some people fear death. When you die as a Christian, all you're doing is you're just tra- 
Uh, you're just moving from one place to another immediately to be, to, to, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. You don't die. You just move. You just move quickly. But it goes on to say, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between these two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which is far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. What was Paul after? His purpose. And guess what? What followed? Big dream. Guess what? Still impacting our lives today. He's long gone, has been for centuries, yet his life is still impacting us today. Right? And here's, here's what I'm saying, uh, is that we need to use our life for the purpose of God. Quit using it for all the other stuff. Move from being a Christian to a disciple. Give your life away. Don't make life about you. Our church, if there's anything that can be said about us, we're we're a serving church. We believe in serving people and giving our lives away. We're here for for you. We're here for others. And if we can all unite in doing this, we can make a huge impact. Let's be audacious. Let's grow something bigger than we could ever imagine, not for growth's sake, so that we can reach more people. Amen? So with all that being said, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is it that you need to do in your life? Maybe you need to, what step do you need to take in faith? Maybe it's today you need to, you need to jump in step four in our growth track. Maybe, or if, maybe next week you need to jump in step one in our growth track. Maybe, I don't know what it is. Maybe you need to follow through in water baptism. Maybe you need to commit your life to Christ today. But what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Would you bow your heads? Let's pray.